You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM. Our vet is here. If you have any questions for Pete, 87 You're very welcome, Pete. Good morning. Thank Good you morning. for coming in this morning. Uh, and you're a bit earlier than normal, but we're happy to see that you made it and all that. You weren't leaving some operating th- table or anything like that. It's all under control down at the uh, clinic. Very good. Uh, Peter is from Brave Vet on Old Connor Avenue. You can see him on TV3. He writes for uh, the local papers, the Wicklow People, Brave People. And also, I, got, I saw his name mentioned in the Daily Telegraph at one stage as well. Yeah, I write a column every week on Saturdays in the Daily right. Telegraph. It's yeah. the weekend section. People write to me with their strange questions. And sometimes they're, they're normal questions about, about pets. Right. Okay. Well, there's a question in, and this is from Ashling, and uh, she says she is noticing some things about her dog at the moment uh, that the dog seems to forget um, where uh, for coming home. He used to just race up the stairs, but now when they pass by or when they go for a walk, uh, they uh, coming back instead of the dog going naturally into the house. The dog seems to be a bit prone um, as regards coming back into the house. Either the dog is afraid to go in or it's losing its memory a little bit. How, how old's her dog? Um, doesn't say. Okay. Um, well, there's lots of possibilities there, but I think it probably highlights what's a really common problem in dogs, which is as they get older, they begin to suffer from an Alzheimer-type disease. Um, dogs and cats, actually. And the figures are really quite astonishingly high. Something like 50% of dogs over the age of 14 have some signs of Alzheimer-like disease. Alzheimer's? Alzheimer-like disease. In other words, a type of senile dementia. But doesn't um, everything operate on smell or something with them? Surely they wouldn't remember smell, would they? Well, it's, it's not forget. just... It, it's, it's to do with the entire brain, I suppose. I mean, when you think about it, I suppose a lot of people think of dementia as being, or Alzheimer's as being, people just forgetting stuff. But it's much more complicated than that. And it, it's to do with um, the whole brain gradually... I suppose, declining in function. So if you look at a cross-section, the brain is quite wide parts of the brain are included. And that would include, that would, as, as well as the, the, um, the sort of cognitive bit, the big, the big um, thinking bit of the human brain, it includes the rest of the brain as well. So a lot of the older pets, dogs and cats, gradually begin to lose brain function um, as they get old. And what, that, what owners notice is exactly what Roisin is saying there that um, uh, uh, um, dogs stop behaving in the way they used to behave. I saw it with my own dog Spot. He died last year. He was nearly 16. But in the, especially in the 12 months before he died, um, his mental ability definitely declined. He would do things like um, barking for no reason at all or um, putting his head into the gap between the fridge and the wall and he just push his head in there and just kind of stand there. Um, for no Maybe. reason, yeah, oh and th- this sort of thing is very common. And dogs sometimes stop recognising their owners, and you know they kind of develop a bit of a vacant look in their eyes sometimes. And you kind of wonder. Do they get aggressive towards their owners, saying a stranger not, coming into the house? Not normally at all, but they might sometimes. They might be perhaps less patient than they used to be, um, a bit more unpredictable than they used to be. We certainly learned with Spot that he, you know, he might behave in a slightly erratic way, whereas before he, you know, we would have been able to predict exactly how he's going to behave he was a little bit less predictable in that way um it's very upsetting for owners because you know you're you're 
deeply fond of your pet and you, you gradually lose them. They, they gradually become something different to what they used mm. to be. Do they lose their bodily functions as such? That's another uh, side of it. They do indeed. They, they, yeah. they, they, they become... Uh, they, they lose... They lose the house training. So we got used to spot just sometimes randomly piddling. Now, yeah. Um, and do some owners think, mm, I've got to really put down this dog now because it's not fair to the dog, but it's not fair around the house either. It's a, it's a bit of a grey area and it's a complicated emotional area because people will often come to me with an older pet and they've decided that putting everything together it's time for the dog to be euthanized. And generally, in that situation, the dog would clearly look to be an unwell animal, you know, as in having lost body weight, um, lost mobility, not able to get up and run around as normal, not able to go for a walk as normal, um, not eating well, and uh, uh, lots of things. But as well as that, on top of all those, if you like, um, those dog-related aspects, there are also human-related aspects. So the person would also be saying, and we're having to clean up after him every morning and we come back from work and there's a mess in the kitchen floor and you know um, people do try to stand aside from those human type concerns but there's no doubt that it has an effect and it can begin, begin And what's the vet's attitude usually to that? We, we would try to look at the whole picture um, and we try to understand um, you know I, I would I don't think any vet would feel comfortable euthanizing a completely healthy animal but um, with an elderly animal you do have to look at the whole picture and that includes the quality of life of the animal and also taking into account the stresses that a situation is placing on a human so you know if you have an elderly pet and the end is close anyway like even if you do everything possible to keep the animal alive you can tell that within three to six months you know uh, their life is going to draw to a natural conclusion. Um, when you look at that sort of situation and you look at a human who is clearly distressed by the, the practical difficulties they're having with managing their dog, um, yes, sometimes euthanasia is, is an answer for both humans and for the people and, and for the dogs. And is it just a decision between the vet and the people? There's no, you know, legislation in this or anything no, like that? No, no. I mean, uh, you know, um, it, it, it's... it's Owners are responsible for their dogs. They have to care for their dogs. They have to care for their dog's welfare. And if an owner makes a decision that they want to have a dog euthanized, that's their decision. I think the conscience of the vet does come into this. So there'll be situations, for example, that a person might bring an entirely healthy animal in, let's say, at a young age, maybe 10, and saying, OK, I don't want my dog to suffer anything from old age at all, so I want to have my dog euthanized prior to old age starting to affect him. And, uh, you know, if somebody somebody would be entitled to do that, if you like. But as a vet, that could present you with a very difficult situation where you might have to say, well, actually, um, I don't feel that it's right to do this, so I'm get going to have to say no. Get the dog no. rehomed or something instead. I mean, I, don't you want you might talk to them about having the dog rehomed, um, and if they're insistent, you might have to say, look, I'm sorry, I can't do this. You, you, you have to seek a second opinion and find a vet who would be there to do it. So this is a personal conscience issue for vets, and it's quite a challenging area. It doesn't often happen. But um, it can be difficult when it does happen. Right. Okay. I actually hope that that was useful uh, to you. Um, check out the vets, what you say, just to see, is there any sort of tests like... Um, um, just, uh, um, I, I, 
it basically is simple cognition tests and simple description perhaps writing down of how your dog used to all the things your dog used to do and then writing down the things that your dog does now that are different and kind of comparing them there's no black and white test there's no sort of MRI scan or cat scan right. or blood but, test yeah. and, uh, and, know and it's difficult to prevent there are you can actually get special diets designed for aging dogs full of antioxidants to minimize um, the degeneration processes and you can get um, medication that's reputed to help as well but these things tend to be um, you know uh, kind of a, a bit a bit like trying to stop the tide from coming in do you know it's yeah. an inevitable process okay generally. moving on to a second question uh sean says should i allow my dog jump up on the couch people have said to me i shouldn't well now if you'd asked me 10 or 15 years ago i would have said no way you should keep your dog off the furniture at all times and that was the old view and that you had to maintain this uh pecking order in the house so there's certain things dogs just don't do and that's black and white including jumping on the furniture now things have changed and thoughts have changed on that and that's now thought to be too radical a view and too extreme yes you can let your dog up on the furniture it's up to you but what i would say is important is that you have certain boundaries in the house just like parents have certain boundaries for their children like the table the dining table yes, to be out you, yeah yeah your dog <laughs> is not allowed to get on the table and run around on top of the dining table looking for food to eat no that's a boundary that must must not be crossed um so you know different people will have different boundaries in their home uh, and it's up to you to decide what those boundaries are uh, but you know if you want to have a reasonably ordered and pleasant life you should have some boundaries for your dog you don't want to have a situation where a dog can do entirely exactly what it wants regardless of the effect on the humans in the house you, you know the, there has to be a, a level of order and dogs respond very well to boundaries it's just up to you as an owner to be consistent about them now you may decide i don't ever want my dog on the on the couch in which case that's fine that's one of the boundaries in your house but if on the other hand you say no i like letting my dog on the couch well that's absolutely fine go ahead okay right, right. but it used to be more rigid was it yeah used to be they used because they were equal to you they thought they, the dogs worked it out that yeah. they were equal was yeah. that the thing you used <laughs> to have to say i used to all say to people you should eat before your dog you know your dog should eat after you that was one of the things that used to be said as yeah, well what about that What's not true not true you can, you can let your dog eat whenever you want it to eat it's, doesn't make any difference to the dog <laughs> it's funny how these absolute truths change over the years as we gradually learn more about animal consciousness and about animal training okay yeah it must, that, that's another program in itself isn't it uh, we must go through all that all these rules that people had or used to have or whatever yes that's right it's, it's interesting how it's changed yeah. all right thanks very much indeed peter just uh, want to mention you're off uh, um to india or something are you yeah in, in, in a couple of weeks i'm going off to india to 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 help with a, a charity over there in one of the slums of delhi we're looking at human health aspects but also looking at for me particularly i'm looking into the issue of rabies in street dogs in the area it's a really big issue something like um 55,000 people die every year of rabies and it's nearly all young people that die um because of uncontrolled rabies in street dogs um and the answer isn't just get rid of street dogs because street dogs are part of the ecosystem in india in areas where they got rid of street dogs the rat population surges massively and causes other problems so you I'm, I'm going over there anyway to look at what we can do in this particular slum about street dogs and about rabies and how the whole issue can be dealt with more effectively. So I'll talk more about that next week, Declan.
Very good. Okay, Peter Weatherburn, our vet, and thanks to everybody who uh, got in touch there. Peter will answer your questions every Thursday morning here on The Morning Show. Pete Weatherburn, our vet from Bray Vet, Old Connor in Bray, and you can see him as well on TV3. And if you want to hear this uh, chat again, uh, have a listen to Pete's website, which is petethevet.com.